0: Live from Molite Studios in the heartland of America, it's your Monday morning jolt of hot photography tips with a frothy topping of the latest product news from Godox, Molite, and more. Welcome to the Monday Morning Cup of Mo with your host, the man who put the Mo in Molite, Michael Mowbray. Welcome to the Monday Morning Cup of Mo. I'm your host, Michael Mowbray. Each week, I pour a cup of coffee and I explore a single topic related to professional photography. Thank you so much for joining me today. So, what are we talking about? I want to tackle one of the biggest banes of my existence. Misinformation or just plain bad information being shared constantly in photography forums. I sometimes feel like I spend more time correcting bad information than I do sharing and teaching the good stuff. It's like playing whack-a-mole. Post a question or an issue in a Facebook group and watch as you get 20 different answers in 20 minutes. And 18 or 19 of them are wrong. It's no wonder my hair's thinning and my forehead is flat. My gosh, people, I have one simple request. If you do not definitively know the answer, shut up! Stay quiet! Don't just post wild-ass guesses. That's one part of the overall problem. And I could spend a lot of time on just that. And maybe I'll just make a list of all the common tidbits of bad information that keep getting repeated. And now that I think about it, I'm making a note for a future podcast. But today I want to focus on one of the most common bits of misunderstanding and one of the most commonly shared pieces of technical information when it comes to flash photography. And what is that? What is that? High-speed sink for HSS. Right off the bat, let's just dispel myth number one. High-speed sink is not for freezing motion. Repeat it with me. High-speed sink is not for freezing motion. In fact, in most cases, it absolutely sucks for freezing motion. Folks believe that the words high-speed and the term high-speed sync means that it's meant for photographing high-speed subjects. No, 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 and no. Uh Uh-uh. That's a negative, Ghost Rider. So, okay, smarty pants, what does high-speed sync mean? It refers to switching to a special mode on your flash so that you can use shutter speeds faster than your normal X-sync speed on your camera. The X-Sync speed on your camera is the fastest shutter speed you can use with normal flash. And on most cameras, it's around 1 200th or 1 250th of a second. If you don't know what the X-Sync speed is for your camera, here's a great chance for you to finally open that manual that came with it. Or ask the Google. You can ask Siri, but she's not much help. And Alexa will just play an episode of The X-Files. So if X-Sync speed is the fastest shutter speed I can use with the flash, what happens if I try to use a shutter speed that's faster? Well, have you ever seen a black bar appear on the edge of your photos? You are probably exceeding your X-Sync speed. What happens is that your shutter curtain is traveling too fast for the flash exposure and you end up catching part of the curtain blocking your sensor in your exposure. Hence, the black bar. Now, this is where high-speed sync comes into play. In normal sync, your flash fires once and dissipates. Boosh, done. Which is great up to 1 200th of a second. Once you go faster than that on your shutter speed, you need to engage high-speed sync. Instead of firing once, your flash instead pulses at 30,000 plus times per second. It's so fast that you can't see the pulsing. The result, however, is that your flash acts like a continuous light source. It no longer flashes once. It pulses 30,000 plus times, which evenly illuminates your subject for those super fast shutter speed. But there's a problem when it comes to motion. A quick flash of light is great at freezing motion. Continuous light, however, is typically pretty sucky at freezing motion. And by engaging high-speed sync, you're turning your flash into sort of a continuous light source. Now you may ask, won't the fast shutter speed freeze the motion? Well, maybe. A super-fast shutter speed like 1 3200th of a second or faster might, but 1 400th of a second won't freeze a dancer in the air or a batter swinging a bat. You will get motion blur. Another downside of high-speed sync is that it robs a lot of effective output from your flash. It depends on the flash and the camera system, but in general, just by crossing over into high-speed sync, you will lose at least one to two stops of effective output. So your flash that you have set to full power will now have the effective light output of one-half or even one-quarter power. In some situations, that may make or break the shot. And that's from going from one two hundredth of a second to one four hundredth of a second. Every time you cut the shutter speed in half again, you lose another stop of effective light output from your flash. So if you lost a stop at one four hundredth of a second, you'd lose two stops at one eight hundredth, three stops at one sixteen hundredth, four stops at one thirty two hundredth, and so on. So wait a minute. It sounds like high speed sync sucks. It doesn't freeze motion like everybody says, and it robs a lot of power. So what's the point? Why do people want high-speed sync? Great question. High-speed sync is great for one thing, allowing you to use flash for fill when you are working in strong ambient light situations, and your base exposure settings for the ambient light are forcing you to use a shutter speed faster than your X sync speed. Here's an example. You're photographing a client outside in strong daylight, and you want or need to use shallow depth of field to blur a distracting background. And you don't want to blow out the background or the sky. And you're trying to use the sun as a kicker light behind the subject. So let's assume that your base settings based on all of that are f2.8 at 1 of a second at ISO 100. If anybody remembers the old sunny and F16 rule, that's a derivative of that. F28, 1 3200th of a second at ISO 100. That will give you the look that you want for your background. It's going to be properly exposed or maybe even slightly underexposed, just depending on how much ambient light you have. But now you need to create some light in your subject's eyes and create a nice, pleasing light pattern on the face. That's where high-speed sync flash comes into play. Your base exposure settings dictate the need to use a fast shutter speed, in this case, 1 3200th of a second, which forces you to use high-speed sync on your flash. That's it. That's really the only reason to engage high-speed sync when you're dealing with that strong ambient light and your base exposure settings before adding flash dictate a shutter speed that is too fast for regular sync on your flash. Make sense? And you even have two schools of thought on that. One school believes in using high-speed sync, and the other believes in using neutral density filters on the lens to bring the shutter speed back down to normal sync. In my exposure example I outlined earlier, a neutral density filter aficionado would use a four-stop neutral density filter on the lens to drop the exposure from 1 3200th of a second at f2.8 and iso 100 down to 1 200th of a second at f2.8 and iso 100 then they could use the flash in normal mode and not worry about the power loss associated with high-speed sync which is a totally valid workflow for some for me I don't like neutral density filters for the type of work I do. It slows me down, number one. Number two, I've had difficulty grabbing focus when using a four-stop neutral density filter. And number three, I don't like putting $150 filters or $100 filters or however much they are on a two- dollars or $3,000 high-end lens. I prefer to flip on high-speed sync. And actually, I just leave it enabled on my Godox X-Pro transmitter. So if my shutter speed goes past the X-Sync speed, it just kicks in. Otherwise, it doesn't use it. But that's just me. You have to decide what works best for you. So to recap, what is high-speed sync good for? It's for when you want to shoot a wide aperture and strong ambient light, and your base exposure requires a shutter speed that is faster than your X-Sync speed. That's it. End of story. So are any flashes out there that do a good job of freezing motion? Yes, many flashes can. All of the AD series of battery-powered flashes from Godox do a good job of freezing motion as long as the flash is the dominant light source, meaning you are shooting in the studio or in very, very low ambient light, making the flash the primary or only source of light hitting the subject. In that scenario, a really quick flash duration, called a T.1 time, a really quick flash duration will do a great job of freezing motion. The best flashes in the Godox lineup for freezing motion are the QT series of AC-powered strobes. And I have great news about those coming right up. Here's the latest news from Godox and Molite. To follow up on today's topic, what flashes do a great job of freezing motion? The QT series from Godox. And Molite just got in a shipment of the brand new QT600 version 3. The QT flashes have a speed mode that create very, very short flash durations that are excellent at freezing motion in the studio or in subdued ambient light. I've used my current QT600 2 flashes to freeze dancers in midair, No blur, and the flying hair and fabric is tack sharp. And the QT series of flashes can also recycle extremely fast. I shoot mine at 10 frames per second. The new improved QT603 can hit 20 frames per second. And the traditional modeling light bulb has been replaced by a high efficiency LED modeling light. So no more modeling bulb that sticks way out and gets in the way and gets hot as well. The LED saves a little bit of power and stays out of the way. So check out the new QT603 in the studio strobe section of the MoLite store. To make room for these, we'll be doing a closeout sale on the existing stock of QT602 flashes. Check out everything at www.gomolight.com. Thank you again for joining me for a Monday Morning Cup of Mo. Please subscribe and follow. I'll also be posting more information on the podcast Facebook page, so be sure to follow that as well. And join the Monday Morning Cup of Mo podcast group where you can ask questions, suggest topics, and join the rest of the community as we grow this thing together. Talk to you next week.